Father God, I just thank you so much for this hope dealer. And uh, we just really pray for all the words you've prepared in his heart, Lord Jesus, that you would just take those and do whatever you want to do. That freedom would reign this morning. I, I just really speak for a preparing of our hearts and a peace to each of our hearts. Peace, we welcome you here this morning. Father, I just ask that you would help us just to throw down the bags that we've been carrying of the week and lay them before your feet. And we just speak for divine exchanges where there's areas of our life that feel hopeless right now that you would bring your hope. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks, love. Well, good morning. My name's Andy. You are so welcome. Uh, whether you've been here a hundred times or this is your first time, you are so welcome. And whether you're joining in on Zoom, like we don't see you as far away. We see you as close. Uh, so we honor you and we bless you for that. And just this morning, um, uh, Rachel was praying for you this morning before you arrived. And part of the prayer was, um, along, she mentioned about these doors, all sorts of doors, and Advent is a season of doors. And for some of you, you feel like you're coming through a big door. Some of you feel like you've snuck in through the back on the, like a little church mouse kind of door. But I want to let you know that in, when we're talking about the king and the kingdom, God and his goodness, there's a door for you. And it's your door. And whether you're here today and you think, I've never been to church. Well, the last time I remember church, I was getting water on my head. But I want to let you know that there's a God, he's called Jesus, and he's rather fond of you. Rather, rather fond of you today. So let me start with this. This is the very first bit in the Bible. There's a book called Genesis, which means beginnings. And I hope today, and I pray today, that today is a beginnings kind of day. I also want to just honour my friend Reuben Wilson. He's been doing, um, what are these called? Pipe cleaner art. It's kind of like a big deal. His work has been displayed up there, up here, and then he's given me these things as well. So I'm going to hang these on here. Mr. Reuben, is that cool? There we go. And they're for our Christmas tree arrow. So yeah, here's the very start of the beginnings. And my hope, my sense, my prayer is that God today is sending some new beginnings today. New beginnings in this room. The very first verse in the Bible says this. First, this. God created the heavens and the earth. All you see. All you don't see. Earth was a soup of nothingness, a bottomless emptiness, and an inky blackness. Now, I don't know about you, but when I read those words afresh and again, I was just like, is God talking about my heart? Or is he talking about the start of his story of the planet. And my hunch is this, a bit of both. See, as we look around the world today, the first words of the Bible, 
do feel to connect with what's going on around us. And as we explore what's going on in our heart, or sometimes maybe what's not going on in our heart, these words may ring true to you. But I believe with all that I am. And if I didn't believe this, I wouldn't be here today. But I believe today that God is wanting to encourage us. God is wanting to come in the way that only he can do is to come and meet us exactly where we are and lift our chins. He's coming today to encourage our hearts, to lift our chins, to lift our eyes and refresh our hearts. If anything, if nothing else, this Advent season again is about God awakening hope in our hearts, awakening wonder afresh. I know it's not a word, but for this season of Advent, may it be a word. Re-wonder. Has anybody lost their wonder? Has anybody had their wonder masked up? Has anybody feel like their wonder got left in childhood? But wonder, awe is part of God's story. So my hope and my prayer today, as we begin to experience God more and more, that we will sense his wonder, his hope kindling in our hearts. Now we're Carlisle, we're from Cumbria, this is how things are. Normally, we may sometimes have some emotions going on. But we work very, 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 very hard not to allow it to affect our face or our feelings or our hands or anything like that. Apart from Steve Proudfoot. I've known Steve for 74 years now. Always smiling. He's allowed his heart to connect his smile. But I want to encourage you today that as wonder begins to kindle in your heart, You are in a free place. This is the free land. And as we worship later, may that wonder, may that hope, may that kindling spark come out in sparks. As we worship with all that we are. Because that's my hope today. That's my longing for Advent. That God will begin to awaken hope afresh in us to such an extent that we cannot help but worship. That God will do allow hope to grow in us in such a way that we cannot keep it to ourselves. That our friends, our neighbours, those on the street, those we know, those we hate, they will experience something of our hope. Something of his hope flowing in us and through us. Now, I love that the Genesis story doesn't end with nothingness, emptiness, and blackness. God's Genesis story starts with God. And it goes on to say this. But God's spirit brooded over like a bird above the watery abyss. And God's story is a story of hope unfolding. God bringing things to life, putting things in order, making right the chaos, 
Turning things the right way up, bringing fullness to emptiness, bringing light and hope. And that's my hope, that's my prayer, that's my longing today. Because I don't know about you, but I've lost some of my wonder. And I don't know where it went. I don't know if COVID stole it or I just didn't pursue as hard as I could have. But I love the thing about God is that he doesn't stop pursuing. So I just wonder, it may just be me, but is anybody else here today with a sense that God is wanting to give a little more hope, spark a few hearts, and give a sense of wonder afresh. Is it just me? Or is there anybody else? It's just me and you. How cool is that? Yeah, I know. I know. So this Advent season, a season of expectation, anticipation what God is going to do and the thing is about hope is hope is not dependent on how we feel how low our eyes or any circumstance around us hope is dependent upon God and his character and who he is and God is not in the business of changing and shifting God is a God of hope. And he has not been affected by cutbacks, austerity measures, or anything. He is abundant with hope. And the Bible is littered with moments of of hope. Not a wishing, not a longing on a star, but a deep-seated hope. A hope that is rooted to, or lashed to. Do you know the word lashed? The word lashed is like these um, people on a boat in the middle of the boat, in the middle of the storm, and they would lash them. What am I holding? Oh, yeah. <laughs> they would lash themselves to the middle of the boat. Like they would lash themselves, and they would get through the fiercest storms because they were lashed to the, um, what's it called? The post in the boat. A mast, yes. They would be lashed. Post in the boat, imagine that. That's from my Navy years. Oh, it was a long time ago in the Navy. But they lashed themselves to hope. And I don't know about you, but it feels a little bit like we're lost at sea. And it feels a little bit like society, the world is a bit like this. But God is here saying, I haven't changed. I am steady, I am firm. Build your life on me. Put your hope in me. Lash yourselves, tie yourselves, root yourselves in me and my hope. See, hope is bolted to a person. It's connected to his character, to God himself, and in his timeless, unshakable promises. And I love as we read the Bible, we see a story of people just like me and you, choosing to step into the story of hope. See, we are built as a people of hope. But at times, we can put our hope in different things and different people. 
and we end up feeling a bit like Sally Siv. I don't know if you've ever met Sally Siv. Sally Siv, um, or it could be Sam Siv. But Sally and Sam Siv, they have this Siv mentality. They're Siv heart. And they try to fill their hearts. They try to put in all that they think they're going to need. But the thing with a sieve is everything just evaporates. So no matter what or who we put into our, our hopes and our dreams, they just evaporate before our eyes and it feels like we have nothing to show. But God is saying, hey, I'm not Sally Sieve. I'm not a sieve. Come put your hope in me. And I believe that God's invitation again is to say to us today, maybe for the first time or the hundredth time, put your hope in me. So Advent is many things, but one thing is it's a reminder to the world that hope is awakening. Now, because we're trying to do this adventure of following Jesus together, on your tables you have a brown envelope, And now we're just going to take a moment to read to one another. Hopefully you've had a sweet to share. But if whoever wants to read, just going to take a couple of minutes now. Would that person, we just, God's blessed you, God's anointed you. Just read this to the people around, uh, if that's okay. And maybe just take a moment. Why don't you put your hand on your heart and simply pray, God, would they... These words we've just read on this page, may these words come alive in my heart. Because you, God, are the dealer of hope. You, God, have a divine spark. And my heart is ready for you. My heart is ready for you. My heart was built for wonder. And we are sorry for the times we've been Wounded by other things, other people, other places, other than you. So God, would you re-wonder our hearts? And I pray in this season of Advent, as we lean into hope, as we choose light, as we welcome peace, We welcome you. Your Holy Spirit, you are so welcome here. Your Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Yeah, there may be someone here feeling, and you just feel a little bit like um, you are excluded from this story because your situation is too mucky, too messy, too far gone. But I want to let you know this Advent story comes to finish in a very mucky place. The Advent story finishes in a pig shed, in a cattle sty. And in the middle of this cattle sty is God's solution, God's answer, God's promise, God's hope fulfilled. And he's called Jesus. So no heart is too mucky, no heart is too messy, no life is too broken for God to come. In fact, he specializes in it. Amen.
Amen. One of the psalmists says this, but the eyes of the Lord are on those who choose to put their hope in his unfailing love. And it's a little bit like I can imagine the psalmist being on his tippy toes and declaring over any fear, over any obstacle, over any opposition, and he's declaring truth over that situation. Longing that those words would land in hope. And that Psalm goes on to say, In him our hearts rejoice, for we trust in his holy name. May your unfailing love be with us, Lord, even as we put our hope in you. So Advent, I declare, is a season of hope. And whether you feel like a shepherd in the Advent story from the lowest of the low, or whether you feel like a king or a ruler from the highest of the high, the Advent story, the Nativity story, levels us all at the manger. So I have a sense it's Advent that God, for some of the time, is going to be inviting us up from our faces. And for others, he's welcomed us away from proud, from pride, from arrogance, and he's welcoming us. He's inviting us in around the story. And I think the most dangerous thing about the nativity story is this. And you may be thinking, "Mm, I'm not really sure if there's a danger associated to the nativity story. Well, I believe that this is something really, really dangerous about the nativity story. Do you know what it is? I, I think I know I've been guilty with it. I have a hunch that maybe somebody, maybe one person may be guilty about this. And guilty is maybe not the right way we've been caught in it. One of the most dangerous things about the nativity story is this. We are so familiar with it, we lose the wonder. I wish I could take us all into the 400 years of silence. As part of God's story, there was a moment in this story between the Old Testament and the New Testament and 400 years of silence where people in this situation, they couldn't remember anyone from the past who'd been really talking about it. And it looked so far into the future, it was way beyond, way beyond, way beyond, so far they couldn't see it. And they were caught in the middle of the 400 years of silence. All they had around them was mocking voices, saying, your God's moved on from you. He has forgotten you. He's moved on to a better place. You do not have a God. He's not interested in you. And the people, all they had was these prophecies that God one day would bring about hope fulfilled. So they only had these moments. So what I'm trying to say is, can you imagine the weight, the build of the anticipation, despite what was going on around them, for when the shepherds, when the kings finally heard, finally heard, 400 years, I find it frustrating waiting four minutes at the traffic lights 
400 years. But I wonder if there's some hearts in this room today, some hearts on Zoom, and it feels like your heart's been waiting 400 years. It feels like your heart has been waiting and longing and yearning 400 years to meet hope, to meet grace. Well, I want to let you know that I don't want to be guilty of being over-familiar with this nativity story because we know Jesus comes that you know when we watch a movie and we know it or somebody tells a joke and we know the punchline and we're not fully engaged this is the most dangerous thing for us to be over familiar with God's story so may we never lose our wonder. Okay, I'm just going to invite uh, Lucy and Alison up. Because friends, it may not look like God is at work around you. But the sense and the picture I had for this week is in that 400 years of silence, God was planting seeds all along the way. And in your life, in your story, it may look now like your life's just like a piece of concrete. But God has been planting hope. God has been planting his promises in amongst your life along the way. And a seed, and especially a kingdom seed planted in the cracks, will do remarkable things. We think that concrete is greater than a seed. I want to let you know. That a seed from God, planted in the hardest of places, will always uproot concrete. Tarmac is nothing to a kingdom seed. And I believe with my whole heart, in every heart in this room, every heart on Zoom, and I believe that this God's got people in your life, in and around you, and God is using you to plant seeds. And in Advent, we're going to see those seeds come alive. So I just want to invite you to stand now. And whether your heart is beginning to brim with hope and you cannot contain it, or whether you need to just sing out and declare over your heart, saying and declaring, we are going to worship. We are going to rejoice because of who he is.